Welcome to War Dove Podcast. Warring Dove International is a kingdom organization focused on building local and global partnerships, equipping ministry leaders, and raising up a company of warriors who, like a dove, have eyes to pursue one thing, the king. Thank you for tuning in today as our founder, Lisa McFarland, shares her message. Thank you for tuning in as we are launching our adventure series. Walking with God is much like going on an adventure. And today, Lisa McFarland will be sharing with you some helpful insights of how to successfully navigate this journey you're on with God. We hope you enjoy. Thank you. Why is moving here? I want you to look in your hand what you have. It didn't look that big, does it? It's small. It's just a little seed. Like Jesus says in Mark chapter 4, that a mustard seed is the smallest seed, and yet when it's planted, it grows into a tree that's the largest tree in the field where the birds come and and they find their shelter in it. Right? This may not look like a very big church, but you know what? You don't know because it's big. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's big. It's a big church. We've been saying it's a little church for a long time, and now I've changed my mind. It's a big church. It's a big church. This big church, right? In your hand, you have this seed and it looks small, but this is not small because this seed right here produces something really big. Bring my flower. It brings out of this seed, this one seed comes a plant and it produces the biggest flower of all, the sunflower, right? And in the head of the sunflower, it produces all these seeds in there. So out of this one seed comes this big plant. And out of this big plant comes hundreds of seeds, right? Out of one flower will come this many seeds. So I can look at something sometimes or I can look at a person and I can say, you know, that's just, that's just a little thing. It's just a, a little word. It's just a little promise. It's just a little vision. But it's not. I want you to say, turn to your neighbor and say, it's big. That's not small. It's not small. It's big. It's big. This is big. I want you to get that in your spirit tonight. And I want the leaders of this church to get it in their spirit. It's not small. It's big. It's big. And sometimes, you know, God on this adventure, it'll go up and down. And, you know, and then there's springtime and summer and fall. And then you go through winter and it looks like nothing's happening. It might even look like the garden is dead. It might look like that seed is dead. But it's not. It's big. Underneath the ground, it's breaking out and it's putting down some roots. And when the season changes and the time aligns again, it's going to reemerge and it's going to produce more fruit and that fruit's going to remain. It's big. It's big. It's big. Go ahead. I need the next thing. Take that out of there. It's big. Then I want to talk to you about this. Sometimes we get a word from the Lord. God brings us a word through a prophet or a vision or a sermon. And we get a word. You know, and we picture, I've got a word. And we get all excited. Hey, pastor, I got a word. I had a vision. Hey, hey, prophet, guess what? God spoke to me. Hey, guess what? The pastor was preaching and I heard God say something and I felt like God spoke to me and he gave me a word and we get all excited. But even then we hear that word and what we envision is this. We envision this, you know, scroll, this word. Look, pastor, isn't this awesome? It's a word. See that word? That's a word. And, and, and we hold on to it like, it's my word. 
this is my word. No, I got that word first. This word, this is my word. Look at this word. Isn't this word awesome? And we're just, it's a small scroll. It's funny because in the Bible, they tell them to eat the little book or the little scroll. Little scroll. And we picture even sometimes something even smaller than this. But let me tell you what. Bring it here. It's big. It's big. It's not, it's not a little one. When I said this, when God gives you a word, it's like this. It's like a big word. It's a big word. A word that you get wrapped up in. A word that it's going to take you your whole life for it to unfold and manifest. And you, and you, and you open the page and you start to read it, but you're like, there's more. And then you're like, well, well I, I got a word. Excuse, wait, I got, uh, excuse me, I, I have... I have I have a word. I have a word here. It's, 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 wait, well, okay, oh, no, there's more. Okay, it's, it's, it's a word. I got a word. And you think that you know what God's called you to, and you think you have Christ revealed to you, but there's no way. It, it, you're, you're, you're thinking, I got this little prophetic revelation. And this little prophetic revelation I can actually open, and I could probably read in my lifetime. Right? But you try reading this one like that. Right? Actually, this one doesn't have everything written on it because it's a, it's, a, it's a fake one. God wants us to get a new perspective. Whatever it is, it's bigger than you think. Whatever it is, it might look like whatever. You might be going through a hard time. You might be going through a transition or whatever. But I'm telling you right now, it's big. It's big. Here, you're going to need him to help you hold it. That's a big word. A big word. Look at it. It's got glitter and it gets on you. It's good for you. It's a big word. I want you, I want you to think about this. I want you to think about this, that... Uh, you know, I, I, I shared that, you know, we, when, when God says fish, we imagine a small one, but God's got a big one. Or a small bike, but really it's a big bike. You know, or a word, but it's a big word. That it's an invitation, it's a promise, it's love, it's big. I want you to think about this in the Bible through history where individuals thought about something or God promised them something. With Sarah, you know, Sarah wanted a baby. She wanted a baby because people at that time, if a woman didn't have a baby, people thought they were under a curse or they were not successful. Their identity was wrapped up in their children and their ability to produce an error, an heir, right? A, a promised child, a seed for, for the family, right? You know, and before you get all, you know, feminazi here, listen, the thing is, at that time, if you don't have children, you don't have inheritance, you don't have a retirement. There's no one to take care of you. You can't live by yourself at that time. So the one thing that she's supposed to produce for the family, she cannot. She is powerless. And yet God has promised her. So she's asking God, and she has a word that she's going to have a child, but what she sees is a baby. It's like the little bike, the little fish, the little scroll. But what God wanted wasn't a baby. God wanted a nation. And sometimes we're wondering why is it taking so long and why is it so difficult? Why is it not coming to pass? Why is it, it, it you know, so stressful? It's because we're on this adventure and God is trying to uh, take us on this invitation and this friendship journey so that our 
not only is uh, not only our understanding our relationship with him increases but that our vision increases our territory enlarges our vision gets bigger that we get out of the small, out of the old. When I was a child, I thought as a child, when I get old, you know, I put away childish things. You know, uh, I think sometimes we have this thought that everything is small. It's like a toy that we can play with, we can hold, and we can say, look, see my car? But when you get big and you grow up and you say, see my car, it's not this, it's this. Right? Right? Sarah wanted a baby, but God wanted a nation. When God began to speak to Jacob and the promises and the prophetic word over Jacob's life, Jacob wanted prosperity. That's why he wanted the blessing. That's why he wanted the, uh, the, 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 the blessing of the firstborn and the blessing from Abraham. It was about prosperity. It was about being first. It was about being number one. It was about having control. And that's what Jacob was looking for. When he heard God was going to bless him and he heard that God had promised to be with him and that he was the chosen one, It was all about him. And so he was wrestling with God, you know, trying to find this place or this preeminence and and, and come into this place of prosperity. But it never was about Jacob. It was about God and God having a legacy of this nation and a people that would be uh, his inheritance and sold out to him. So I want to say to you, you know, it is big, but it cannot be about you. You know, God does want you to give birth to something. But it's not to remove your shame or to make you look good. It's about a holy priesthood and a nation that God wants to bring forth. You know, I want you to think about Joseph, where, you know, God loved him and he was the favored son. And and Joseph, you know, I know people want to say that he was all proud and arrogant, but the Bible doesn't say that. It never says that. Joseph loved his father. He loved his mother. He loved his brothers. And he was doing a good job. And maybe, I'm sure, as most of us were, when, when, you know, when, we, when we think we've got it all together, it's kind of easy to get religious and judge people next to us. But the Bible never says that about Joseph. We just surmise that was true. Whatever it was, you know, the family saw Joseph as their hope for the future. They saw Joseph as the one that was going to bring them into the promise or the land of Abraham. But God didn't see Joseph just as the hope of that one family or or this one boy was going to save the family or save the legacy. No, God saw Joseph as a hope of the whole world and the hope of saving nations. Not just one family, but all families where God had promised to Abraham, through you, all families of the earth will be blessed. What are you saying tonight, Lisa? I'm saying it is an adventure. You're not in control of it. You said yes, you got in the boat, you got in the ride, you went on the trail, and you're in it now. And there's going to be highs and lows, and it's going to be exciting, and you're going to cry. Some people are going to die along the way. Some people are going to make it. And, but it's going to be exciting, and God is going to bring you where he said. And there's going to be a reward for the completion of it. There's a promise, and all the rewards that come with that, and God is going to be able to keep his word, and he's going to bring it to pass. Even if it's a thousand generations later, God's going to come to Zacchaeus because of what he said to Abraham. Why isn't it happening? Why doesn't it feel like love? Because your vision's too small. Yeah. 
Because you're limiting God. Because you want to hold it. Because it's still about you. It's not about him. What about David? David, the word of God over his life that he was, he was gonna, he was gonna build the throne. And, and he said to God, I want to build a house for you. And God had put a dream in his heart that what he had seen in heaven in his encounters with the Lord in Psalm 110, Psalm 23, you know, Psalm 91. And he's experiencing the Holy Spirit. He's experiencing the songs. He's, he's seeing the city whose builder and maker was God. He's seeing the same thing that Abraham had seen before him. And he wants to build it on the earth. He wants to build a house for God like he sees in heaven. And God says to him, you know what, David, that's pretty awesome. That's awesome. I'm glad you're going back to the future. But you know what? I have something bigger. It's big, David. It's big. I can't fit in a house made by the hands of man. That's what he told him. I can't fit in the house that you can build. I can't fit in the ministry you can make. I, I, I can't fund a project that you make the money. I, I can't bring to pass a word that you created. No, it's big. It's big. How big? Big is God. God And God turns around and he says to David, you can't build a house big enough for me, but I'll tell you what, David, it's bigger than that. I'm going to build one for you. You can't build me a throne. I'll build a throne for you. Uh, and your throne will last forever. It's big. David had a vision of a throne, but he was just picturing, you know, a, a throne while he was on the earth. He had no idea what God was getting ready to do. You know what? Sometimes you, you, God will put a, something, a desire in your heart, and you think it was your desire, but it wasn't. It was God's. And God was going to upgrade you into, into his vision. That's why it's delayed. That's why it's been a struggle. That's why you seem like you're in an insignificant place or you're hidden like a seed in the ground. That unless a seed goes into the ground and dies, it cannot bring forth fruit. And God wants to, uh, everything that's in you and about you and to you and through you and for you to die so that Christ, no longer I, but Christ in me, he will be the hope of glory. What about the disciples? What did they want? The disciples thought that Jesus was the Messiah. He was a king, right? Who do you say that I am? Well, some say that you're Elijah. And some say that you're Isaiah. And Peter says, you are the Christ, the son of a living God. Wow, that sounds impressive, doesn't it? That sounds big. You are the Christ. But the rest of the chapters of all the gospels prove they didn't know what the Christ was. They didn't know what the son of God was. They didn't know who he was. They thought they did. They thought he was going to bring revival, and he did. They thought he was going to bring reformation to their political system and free them from the injustice of Rome. But their vision was too small. They wanted an earthly kingdom, and God wanted an eternal kingdom. They wanted a temporary revival where one could sit on the left and one could sit on the right, and they could build these temples and sell the books and make all this money, and people would know, hey, you've been with Jesus. And God wanted the kingdom of heaven to come to earth forever. What about Saul of Tarsus? What did he want? Well, he wanted to keep the tradition. He wanted his nation to stay intact. He wanted to be successful. Hey, look, I studied the law. Hey, I've studied it. I know. I know who God is. I know all about God. I've got a degree in theology. I have got it all together. Till he saw the God that he said he knew. And when he saw him, he said, who are you? And seeing, he was not seeing. 
God had opened his eyes in the spirit. You know, Saul wanted to be successful and he wanted to help God. You know, he wanted, he wanted to protect God. He wanted to stand up for God. But you know what God wanted? God wanted Paul. God doesn't want your ministry. God wants you. God doesn't care if you're famous. God wants your heart. He wants your relationship. God, you know, I, I, I think about this sometimes. You know, Saul is like, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. And God says, tell him how much he will suffer for me. And, you know, I just watched the movie about the Apostle Paul. And, you know, it, uh, it, it says that three times he was beaten, 39 stripes. It says twice he was stoned and left for dead. Uh, three times he was shipwrecked into the ocean. He was let down over a wall with a bag. And he was beaten. Uh, they stripped him down naked. He was hungry. And he had false brothers and false friends. And people were after his life. And he was imprisoned and he was beaten with rods. And above all that was the daily weight of the churches. And that ought to make you laugh right there. Sometimes being beaten with a rod is much better than being beaten with a tongue. One of them heals and the other one doesn't always. The daily weight of the churches. And, and, he, and he looks like he's successful. He looked like, he, says, he said to one of the kings, I've never been disobedient to the heavenly vision. And even for Paul, you know, he saw Jesus. He, he saw the future. You know, he saw, but yet his vision wasn't big enough. Because he's preaching and he's telling people about Jesus. And and what does God do? He gets him thrown in jail so that he can write the Bible, so that you can read it now. You know, his vision was, I've got to tell people about Jesus. I've got to bring the revelation of Jesus to the Gentiles. And in the midst of that, he's beaten and all the suffering, but he's thrown in prison. And it looks like that the adventure has stopped. It looks like God's promise is not true. It it, it looks like God doesn't love him. It it looks like the vision is not that big. I mean, Paul, I thought you were going to go to Rome. I thought you you said that God was going to use you. It doesn't look like it. But it's big. It's big. Paul, you don't know. You don't know why you're getting beaten unjustly. You don't know why you're suffering this injustice so you get thrown in jail. Because in that jail, you're going to meet that guy. And that guy's going to cause you to go to this guy. And then that guy's going to take you to that king. And that king's going to take you to that king. Until at that time, all of the governments of the earth are going to be impacted by your ministry. And you're going to write books that people are going to read 2,000 years later. And still get saved. It's big. It's big. You know, and, and that's the positive part. I want you to think about this, all the controversy, where Paul was under controversy all the time for what he was preaching and what he was teaching. And people thought they knew what Paul was teaching and what he meant at that time, and they still think they know what he meant at this time. Yeah. And people are still fighting with Paul and over Paul and about his words. It's big. It's big. Look, she neighbor said, oh, it's big. This thing is big. It, my salvation is huge. It's big. You know, I remember when I got saved, I just didn't want to go to hell. I thought God was saving me out of hell so I wouldn't have to burn forever where the worms don't die. And I was so excited. I got saved. I got saved. But now when I say I'm saved, I'm not even thinking about hell. 
I'm thinking I got saved from depression. I got saved from delusion. I got saved from my from going the wrong path. You know, God God didn't just save me. He saved me. He changed me, gave me new mind, new thoughts, new everything. A vision, a destiny, and a purpose. Right? I've been saved to succeed. I've been saved for a purpose. I've been saved to destiny. I've been saved for eternity. I've been saved and I have a work to do in the age to come. Amen. Amen. It's big. Your salvation is big. Every word that God has ever spoken to you, every promise he's made to you, it's an adventure. It's a promise. It's love. And it is big. It's a lot bigger than you can even imagine. I want you to think about uh, in the book of Daniel, right? And I, I know I'm not quoting on the services, but I'm, I'm jumping quickly. In the book of Daniel, Daniel uh, uh, interprets Nebuchadnezzar's dream. And, and the dream is that he sees this statue where the head is of gold and the chest is of like bronze and silver and then the feet are iron and clay. And then he sees a mountain and there's this little rock on the top of a mountain. And the little rock begins to roll down the mountain. And when it gets down to the bottom, it gets bigger and the rock is bigger. I picture like a snowball getting bigger as it rolls. Until that rock fills the whole earth. And it crushes this statue made of all these precious metals. And you know what? Nebuchadnezzar does just what we do. He hears that dream and he says, hey. That's me. I'm going to build a statue. And I'm going to make people bow down and worship me. Because I had a dream. I had a vision. I had a prophetic word. And everybody's going to honor me. And they're going to join in my word. But he didn't even know what the word was. It was bigger. It was so big he couldn't even wrap his mind around it. What? This dream is not about me? What? This worship is not about me? What? The future is not about me? Babylon's not going to last forever? What? So you know when the enemies of God come against your soul or come against your life or your ministry, you need to say, <laughs> this is big. Yeah. Amen. This is big. Nebuchadnezzar, you're just the little head. What? Yeah, you're just the head part. You're just that little head. That's it. And then there's going to come this and this and this and that. And, and it's going to look like that. But you know what? There's going to come a kingdom that's bigger than a mountain. And it's going to fill the whole earth. It's big. Come on, look at somebody next to you and say, this kingdom is big. This kingdom is powerful. This kingdom is eternal. It's big. You know, I know it's, you feel silly saying it's big, but you need to tell yourself that. If you ever really saw God in all his majesty and his glory and his dominion and his power, you would never talk about the devil again. Because God is big and God is powerful. You know, I had some encounters in my young days of being an evangelist where I saw God and I experienced the wrath of God. And you say, well, why would God do that? I'll tell you why. Because I was afraid. Of what? Everything. I was afraid of people, the dark, strangers, flying, roller coasters, men, women, the devil, God. I was afraid of everything. And so God had to take me to a place where I experienced the wrath and the judgment of God. And I saw how big and awesome and intense he was. I experienced the judgment side of God and I experienced the love of God. Just so you know. And it was so extreme and so big that my mind couldn't even wrap around it. And it imprinted it on me forever. 
The devil? Small. God? Big. Fills the whole earth. You know, Jacqueline Carr's got a song, and I almost played it tonight. You're bigger than the universe. You're bigger than the songs I sing. You're bigger than cancer. You're bigger than HIV. You're bigger. You're bigger. You're bigger. He's big. He's bigger. Whatever. Bigger than what? Big. And until we see God where he really is and as big as he really is, then it's easy to compare and contrast him or what he's doing in you to everything around you. But if God is big in you and big, and all you see is big God, big dream, big hope, big love, big promise, big adventure, everything else is going to look small. Remember, Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. That when it's the smallest of seeds, but when it's planted in the ground, it grows into a tree that, that, that spreads out its branches and where the birds come and find shelter in it. When your faith that looks so small, begins to grow, and God causes this to grow, you know, even other people will come and rest in that. Maybe you only see five loaves and two fish because that's all you can see. You need bigger eyes, bigger vision. I pray, Paul says, that the eyes of your heart would be enlightened and, 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 and they would be open. And then he goes on to describe the depth, the height, the width, the incomparable, the unsearchable, Right? Love of God, the riches of God, the glory of God. And, and he talks about God's kindnesses. It's bigger. We need to repent for small faith. Short faith. Right? Remember, Jesus tells his disciples, they, they just watched him one day feed 4,000 with five loaves and two fishes. A couple days later, he does it again. He feeds 5,000 and he feeds 4,000. Right? In between then, he's casting out demons. People are getting healed. Blind eyes are open. Right? He's preaching things that are just blowing their mind. Why are you saying that? Because we think we've seen things. We think we've experienced God. We think we've seen healing. We think we've experienced the prophetic. And you know what? This, this is the prophetic. Because you've got a word about you. As though that's why God had the spirit of prophecy come. To give you a word. When the spirit of prophecy comes, it's this. It's a word, a big word, bigger than you can handle, bigger than you can read. It owns you. You don't, you don't have the word. The word has you. Right? You're not wearing the word and agreeing with the word. The word's agreeing with you. It's making you. God's word is powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. It's changing you. It's transforming you. It's creating you. It's remaking you. It's humbling you. It's empowering you. It's healing you because God sent his word and healed all their diseases. Right? It's a word. It's a word. It's a word. We need to repent for small faith. So we, you know, we think we've heard God, we've seen God and all that. And what happens is then, you know, the disciples get in the boat and Jesus has been debating with the religious people. They want to talk about who they think God is and what they think God can do and cannot do. You know, God would never heal on the Sabbath. You know, and God would never make a man pick up his bed. And God would never go out into the field and pick those grains when he was hungry. 
You know, and sometimes when we've been reading, instead of revelating, we have all these opinions like belly buttons about what we think God is and what he can do. But the truth is you ain't seen nothing. You got a revelation. You know, and I say this humbly because I remember when I thought, you know, I knew what it meant to prophesy. (laughs) Right? You remember, I saw God when I was five. I've been out of my body to the third heaven more than once. Angels, demons, and you know, I go, I'm a pretty good prophet. I, you know, I know God. I got a word. I got a Everything that I know about God is like this. And what I can handle is this. Maybe. What I think I can handle, what God wants me to handle is this. But really, God is the word and he can't live in a house made by the hands of man. This ain't even the word. This is what I might be able to handle if I pursued him incessantly my whole life. And I stewarded it well. Maybe. Thank you so much for listening to Warring Dove International's podcast. To find out more about our ministry and how you can partner with us, please visit our website at wardoves.com. And if you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to leave a review, subscribe, and share with a friend. We'll see you next time on our next episode.